from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Hey there, friends. How's everybody doing? Hopefully great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think... Everybody's got to be doing fine, Everyone's right? Everyone's got to be doing Nothing 100% to worry about. fine. Nothing happening. Everything's good. Everything's chill <laughs> out there in the world. We're good. We're fine. We're, we're back in our home, uh, we're back in our recording little booth that we made. Mm-hmm. So you can tell it sounds so much better than <laughs> our last episode, which was a, a mishmash of like hotel room problems, Zoom problems, whatever. Whatever. You could you could understand what we were saying, I hope. <laughs> that's what matters most. That is That is... <laughs> Sort of the point yeah. <laughs> of a yeah. podcast. Quality is secondary, tertiary, tertiary even. even. Yeah, we had a great time in Palm Springs watching our friends get married. Yes, beautiful wedding mm-hmm. out in the open air of the desert. Mm-hmm. Only a brief minor sandstorm right just before the, the, the ceremony sandstorm. started. <laughs> it was really just a, a it was lot just a of wind. wind. 
that it inherently brings sand with it when you're in the right. desert. Right. Um, so we were all like rubbing our eyes like, no, I'm crying. It's not the sand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was cool, though, was that our friend, of course, had a very long, beautiful veil. Yes. And so the wind kind of did like a Beyonce effect for her. It was, was outrageous. Like, perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't mess up and like go the other way. You know what I mean? It was just right. like in the wind. It's like a damn painting. It really was. It really was. It was such a nice time. Weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. Beautiful out there in Palm Springs. Who knew? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess we've we have been a little bit quiet on the podcast. Yeah. Um partly because of our insane driving and for hours and then crashing at a <laughs> At a seedy hotel. I guess they're not seedy. That's not fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Roadside motels and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And um, just partly that. And partly that, you know, we had a bit of a family tragedy in my family while yeah. we were out there. Um, and it was uh, very crazy. Yeah. Just wish I had better words to explain how weird it is to be. First of all, 3,000 miles away from your home. Right. <laughs> that, and you drove three days, you know, so you're not close. So you can't just right. go right back or anything. And to be so happy about our friends and to be at this amazing destination party with a bunch of our other friends who had, you know, we hadn't seen in over two years, yeah. you know, maybe even before the pandemic because they moved and just all scattered about. So it was just such a wonderful high energy, like giddy energy around this wedding. Yeah. And then um, also a death in my family. That was very sad. And uh, so it was sort of, and then a couple days later, my cousin had her first baby and it was just like, oh my God, (laughs) like unions, death, birth, like everything about life and just compressed in a couple of days. It was just a very crazy roller coaster. Very. And I don't like roller coasters. Right. Personally. (laughs) So (laughs) it was a bit difficult to get our head in the game, I guess. Yeah. and now, of course, we just got home and we have to turn back around and go to uh, Michigan for the funeral. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a it's just been tough to keep up uh, yeah. with, with everything. It's it's been a, a whirlwind. Uh, what? Ten a days? Not even like. Yeah, yeah. It's a real sandstorm of a week. Yeah. And uh, we're getting through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has shifted uh, what, you know, we're capable of doing. I think in that time, right? And so, uh, so we decided to come back today with uh, with something a little different. Yeah, uh, that's been. I know we've kind of been doing things that are a little different for the last couple <laughs> <I> weeks. <laughs> I I can't wait to get back to our like you know dense biographical know. episodes, um, which are so there, much fun. There have been so many good suggestions from y'all, by oh, the way. Yeah. Like I cannot tell you the amount of stories that we have just from you that I'm like dying to Absolutely. get into, like. Y'all have some really good stuff. So thank you for all those suggestions. I swear we are just so excited to get into them. That is very true. And uh, and as soon as we get back from Michigan next week, we'll be jumping into some of those. Yeah, we'll get back to those wonderful profiles and character stories and uh-huh. everything like that. But since we didn't have time for a, a good research project uh, this week, we thought we'd just have a little fun with y'all today. Um while we were researching for our two-parter about sex toys uh-huh. with Ridiculous History, which hopefully y'all heard, pretty, yes. pretty good time, <laughs> we found a few body poems That's right. from back in the day, people talking about naughty stuff. And uh, one of them we actually left out because it was just too long mm-hmm. to do in a poetry corner for right. y'all. So we thought it might be fun to read it to you today and have a nice performative reading of a poem called 
Beranger of the Long Asshole. <laughs> and it was written in the 13th century, and it's a type of poem called a fablio. And needless to say, not that everyone gathers around with their toddlers to listen to this show, but <laughs> it is a it is definitely not safe for your 13th century work. You know, like it's <laughs> it's got some raunchy language, but it's like 700 year old language so right it's, it's kind not of that uh bad, it's it's not that bad but it's hilarious mm, so funny um the riverside chaucer which is a translation and analysis of chaucer's writings it's very academic right mm-hmm. one of the reviews on amazon says that it weighs over six pounds i was like whoa <laughs> that's a, a lot. weighty tome so they say that a fablio is, quote, a brief comic tale in verse, usually scurrilous and often scatological or obscene. The style is simple, vigorous and straightforward. The time is in the present and the settings real familiar places. The characters are ordinary sorts, tradesmen, peasants, priests, students, restless wives. And the plots are realistically motivated tricks and ruses. The Fablio thus presents a lively image of everyday life among the middle and lower class. And then Kimberly Arnold on the New Zealand Digital Library website further clarifies that often in these tales, women were described as either, quote, demanding, verbose, irrational, and not very smart, mm-hmm. or as, quote, a welcoming sexual orifice without thought or speech. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Totally. Who who could imagine women being presented like that (laughs) in media? That would never happen today. History, right? (laughs) So weird. But fortunately, the one that we're reading today is the exact opposite of those. Yes. Uh, So all that being said, uh, I say that we uh, we jump right into this poem because it is insane. And I'm very excited for you all to hear it. Yeah, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. So Geoffrey Chaucer actually reworked many of the most well-known surviving fablio in Middle English into the Canterbury Tales. Classic. Classic. And so did Giovanni Boccaccio in the Decameron. Another classic. Another classic, right. like literally. <laughs> but this poem is by a poet named Guerin, about whom, like, nothing is known except that he wrote a few body and naughty poem stories, (laughs) which I kind of love that as a legacy. I don't know who you were, where you lived, if you were married or not, whatever else you did for life. Anyway, (laughs) you wrote some (laughs) naughty stuff. We still got that. That's what survives. I know. At least you made some people laugh in his time. Absolutely. And and for hundreds of years later. Exactly. We're still laughing. What a legacy. So please enjoy this performance of Barangier of the Long Asshole by Guerin. For two years I've been telling so many fine tales in Fablio, which I've discovered or made up that by St. John, it's time to stop and tell no more except this last, called Barangier of the Long Ass, a story which you haven't heard, but if you'd like, you'll hear it word for word this minute, no delay. Hear it, good people, Garan will say. What happened once in Lombardy, where men aren't known for bravery, 
to a knight errant who'd been wed to a fine lady purely bred, and daughter to a landed earl. The young knight's father was a churl who'd gotten rich by usury. His cellars were full, his granary held all it could. He had cows and goats, dollars, deniers, marks, sous, and groats. And the earl was deeply in his debt, with nothing left to pay except to give the rich man's son his daughter. That's how good blood thins down to water, how counts and earls and all their race decline and finish in disgrace. Damn. Uh, that's very rude. Garant had a real opinion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about, like, gentry marrying down. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're of noble blood, mm-hmm. this, is, this is how you ruin it, by marrying commoners. Be more like kings and queens who marry their own brothers and cousins. Yes, right. That's how you keep blood nice and thick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you certainly do. <laughs> so thick, it wow. pump through your veins. You have the thickest blood I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, my parents were siblings. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> so, okay, so there's this normal dude. Yeah, I think there's like a normal young man right. whose father is rich, uh-huh. but, but like, not, not noble. Right. He's he just a rich guy. Yeah, he got rich by usury. Yeah. Yeah, the but worst then, way to get rich. <laughs> the only way to get rich. <laughs> and he's saying that like... This earl was deeply in the debt of right. this rich, not noble man. Yeah. I guess a merchant probably or something. Sure. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The agriculture of some yeah. kind. And so he said, oh, I can't pay you back. Uh, how about you just marry my daughter? Yeah. Classic way to solve a dispute in history, I sure. suppose. <laughs> and he's like, here you go. I've got uh, cows and goats and grain and money. And the guy's like, I got all that. And Yeah. I got some daughters. Perfect. Great. I'll take my one of son those. really needs one of those. Yeah. He needs a wife. So yeah. let's take one of them and marry him to my son. Uh-huh. Now we're all married together. So and... he's this rich kid who didn't come by it honestly. No. Trust fund baby. Trust fund baby. 100% yeah. <laughs> marrying an uh, earl's daughter who probably was expecting better for herself, sure. I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl. She's like, what's this? <laughs> All right, it continues. If people wed to get out of debt, disgrace is what they ought to get. Damn. The harm they do cannot be told. From those who covet silver and gold more than nobility, a race of foolish, good-for-nothing, base, and chicken-hearted knights descends. Thus chivalry declines and ends. So again, he's really... Hammering at home yeah. <laughs> about how if you're not noble, you must be a big piece of shit. <laughs> but here's the gist of what I heard from start to finish as it occurred. Not wasting any time, the earl put wedding garments on the girl and married her to the young peasant, then dubbed him knight for a wedding present. Oh, I guess the wife wasn't enough of a wedding present. He's <laughs> like, also, I'll make you a sir. The young man went home with the maid. For more than 10 years... There they stayed. This new knight valued relaxation, (sighs) not valiant deeds or reputation. The code of chivalry could go hang. (laughs) He loved pie, custard, and meringue. (laughs) It's my kind of guy. I know, right? I get this guy. (laughs) But the common people he despised. Oh, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Now, when the lady realized how 
utterly her husband lacked virtue, how he was in fact useless for tournaments or war, and liked to fill a straw bed more than wield a lance or grasp a shield, from which it clearly was revealed to her that though the man was quite a talker, he was not a knight worth talking of, but born and raised a commoner. That's when she praised the line of knights from whence she'd sprung. Proud, valiant knights who'd never hung around the house from dawn to dark. <laughs> She's like, you know, a bunch of men in my family were knights, and they let me cool. tell you about all the cool shit they did. Yeah, <laughs> they were cool. You lay, you lay around in this bed all day long. You never pick up a shield or a lance. <laughs> You know. She's trying to give him a honey-do list. Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, I don't think you have to go prove your manhood in a fight all the time or anything. But it does get frustrating when somebody just lays around the house and doesn't do anything Eat all day. Eat meringue. Eat meringue. From dawn to dark. <laughs> the husband knew that these remarks were aimed at him to put him down. Lady, he said, I have renown. I have more prowess than a dozen of your grandfathers. There's not a cousin or knight of any clan or class whose valor I do not surpass. And I'm not lazy. Take it from me. Tomorrow morning, you will see if I can find my foes tomorrow who envy me and want to borrow trouble from me. I'll prove myself. Not one will get off with his health. Those enemies who scorn and scoff will not scoff long with their heads off. At dusk tomorrow, they'll be dead. (laughs) For the time being, that's all he said. The knight arose at dawn next day and rang a bell for his valet, who brought his buckler, sword, and lance, and armed his lord with elegance. <laughs> this guy. This guy's like, I'll kill them all. I'll show you. But only if I can find them. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, they're not like here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, anybody who's got something bad to say about me is going to hear about it. And I'm like, no one has ever heard of you. You've no been one... sitting around the house eating pie all day. <laughs> no, your wife is the only one roasting you, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the arms and armor were all splendid. Not being dirtied, scratched, or dented. (laughs) Yeah, straight pristine out of the box. (laughs) I never did shit with him. (laughs) When he was geared and rigged for battle and sitting proudly in the saddle, he wondered what he should do next to give his wife a good pretext for thinking him a noble knight. He saw a forest to his right, a quarter mile from his front door. Without delay, he headed for the forest at a gallop. There, he had to gasp a bit for air because all those meringues. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> he rode He's not on... exactly been doing cardio yeah, in all this time. Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> this armor's heavy. Jeez. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> he rode on further through the wood to where a giant oak tree stood and cast its shade upon a field. He tied his horse, unhooked his shield, and hung it from the lowest bough. Listen to what the fool did now. <laughs> He drew his sword, shiny and bright, and beat the shield with all his might, battering like a maniac, making it clatter at every whack till he had mutilated it. He took his sturdy lance and hit the branch. The lance splintered in thirds. His work was finished, 
So he spurred his horse around the woods some more before arriving home. He bore a third of his lance and but a fourth of the shield that he had carried forth. He reined his horse. His wife came out to ask what this was all about and hold his stirrup strap in place. But the knight hit her in the face. Excuse me? With the full weight of his big foot. Ex- what? This bitch. <laughs> Stand back, he cried. Hands off the boot. <laughs> Let it be known it isn't right for you to touch so great a knight as I am. Not with my renown. No such knight from Adam down adorns the family tree you vaunted. I'm not defeated, weak or daunted. I am the flower of chivalry. The lady didn't disagree. <laughs> well, I bet she really wanted to. <laughs> right. Well, she just kicked her. He just kicked her in the face. I know. She was probably like, well, I have something to say, but uh-huh. let me retreat to a safe distance. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wait till I'm not, you know, eye level with your foot. Freaking foot. Dick. Exactly. What an wow, asshole. This guy sucks. What a chivalrous guy. He just kicked oh, his yeah. wife in the face. I'm the flower of chivalry. <laughs> chivalry. Wow. In consternation, she beheld the shattered lance and broken shield, not knowing what to think or say about the evidence on display, afraid he'd beat her to the ground because he threatened her and frowned. She dared not touch, but stood somewhat out of his reach. Her mouth stayed shut. What shall I say? He used this game to vilify her family name and put her in her place, that is, to set her value under his. Mm. Another time, the knight came back with another shield all hewed and hacked and full of holes. His chainmail shirt, however, was by no means hurt. Neither was he. From head to foot, he wasn't bruised, he wasn't cut, he wasn't even tired out. Hmm. That's when his wife began to doubt. (laughs) Her husband's claim that he'd unhorsed, defeated, subjugated, forced to pay homage, put to flight, and hanged two dozen enemy knights. That day, (laughs) she saw that he concealed his cowardice with a cracked shield and told herself if he went back into the woods again, she'd track him down to learn what foes he sought and what he did and how he fought. Mm, I like this girl. Oh, yeah, she's canny. (laughs) She said, okay. We're going to hold my tongue for now, uh-huh. but I'm about to find out about you, yeah. sir. <laughs> clearly some bullshit happening yeah. here. <laughs> sir bullshit. <laughs> Obviously, already, this guy, you know, Mr. Pie and Custard all day, <laughs> is not going out there and killing two dozen guys at a time. Uh-huh. And then he comes back completely undented mm-hmm. armor. His shield is the only thing that's magnificent. Oh, okay. I guess he's so good at blocking. Right. Only no his shield one landed takes a hit. a hit. Come on. Come on, Dude, man. Let's follow Make this your guy. lie a little more believable. Should have <laughs> let your squire like punch you in the face once or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All of this could have been avoided. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that she's got a plan. Yes. She's figuring it out. And uh, before we find out what she did, I think we should take just a real quick commercial break. Oh, yes. We'll be right, right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Welcome back to Barangier of the Long Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this poem is so nuts. These were the plans she settled on. Early next day, at break of dawn, her husband armed and said he still had three more enemies to kill, who kept on threatening and defying, causing disturbances and spying, crimes which the noble knight detested. The lady tactfully suggested he take some servants, three or four, to make the victory more sure. Lady, he said, <laughs> I'll go alone. I'll kill him so well on my own, not one will get away with his life. Urging his charger past his wife, he sallied forth with zeal and zest into the woods. She rose and dressed herself in armor like a knight, mounted a stallion, held on tight, did not delay, did not look back, and followed in her husband's track. Till there he was in the same field, and from the same oak tree his shield was hanging. He was beating it. Bam! 
banging and making it submit to a cruel martyrdom and rigor. A person standing near might figure a hundred devils were there yelling. <laughs> this isn't any joke I'm telling. He raised a ruckus to the sky. The lady reined her horse nearby. <laughs> Classic uh, 13th century cross-dressing trick. Yeah, oh right? yeah, classic. They love this Shakespeare, Chaucer, all of them were like, lady's going to dress as a man and go in and take care of business. And just handle this whole yeah. situation right now. <laughs> I also love that he's like, this ain't a joke, y'all. Even though it's <laughs> yes. like a joke story. <laughs> right. Like, I know I've been telling you a joke this whole time, but this this one's not I'm a not joke. Kidding. He was being real loud. I love this image of him screaming and wailing on this shield in the tree. How about you? <laughs> Why I oughta? <laughs> Say that to my face, shield. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Why don't you pick on someone your own size? <laughs> At first, the sight of this display of folly filled her with dismay. But when she'd heard her fill of noise... She shouted with a mighty voice and urged her charger straight ahead. Sir Knight, Sir Knight, what folly led you to come cutting up my manor? Vain are my knighthood and my honor. If I don't slay you on this field, why are you picking on that shield? What has it ever done to you? You've bit off more than you can chew. Fie on whoever says it's fit for you to wage a war on it. I love <laughs> What did that shield She's ever do to you? Coming out to defend the shield's honor. <laughs> I love it. And when he heard the speech she made, he was dumbfounded and dismayed. His wife he didn't recognize. At once, great tears fell from his eyes, and his damasked sword fell from his grasp. Oh, sir, for God's sake, he managed to gasp. Pity if I've done any wrong. I'll give you whatever you want. My pony, lance, here's my shield, saddle, money. The lady said, as God's my shield, before you've parted from this field, you'll change your tune. Now stop this noise. I'm giving you an even choice. Either you joust with me right now. If so, you have my solemn vow. If you're unhorsed, you will not fail to lose your head. It won't avail to beg for pity or remorse. Or... Let me get down from my horse, and I'll bend over on the grass, and you can come and kiss my ass. <laughs> right in the middle, if you please. Just take whichever one of these that suits your inclination. Choose. <laughs> he who was shaking in his shoes, whose cowardliness no shame could oust, declared his purpose not to joust. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> she said, I'll either fight you and I will kill you. Mm -hmm. Or you can come over here and kiss me right between the cheeks. Right in the butthole area. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to look and deep said, into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'll take the kiss. <laughs> I'd like to kiss your butt. <laughs> Amazing. Good sir, he said. I've deeply sworn an oath to joust with no man born. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> right? I've sworn an oath. Why would you need to do that? Anyway. Sorry, I just can't. I just... Uh, <laughs> made a promise. When I was born, my mother said... Against my religion. <laughs> <laughs> deeply held sincere religious beliefs. 
but be so kind as to dismount, and I'll do what it is you want. The lady didn't wait around, but lightly leapt upon the ground, stood with her back before his nose, lifted her tunic, touched her toes, and said, Your face goes here, Sir Knight. <laughs> but when her crevice came in sight, oh. It seemed to him the ass and cunt were one long crack from back to front. What? He thought it surely must have been the longest ass he'd ever seen. <laughs> and there he placed the kiss of truth, which cowards customarily use, next to the hole. That's how she served the knight what richly he deserved. The lady stood, turned round, and mounted. Before she left, her husband shouted, Tell me your name, sir, since you're leaving. Then go in peace. We'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it even. Even, dude. You just got humiliated, I, good sir. Shit. There's no even about this. I won. Fully. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Vassal, I'll tell it. I don't mind. Another such name you will not find. All other men are beneath my class. I'm Barangier of the Long Ass, who puts to shame the chicken-hearted. The wife had finished what she'd started. Now she returned home through the wood, disarmed herself as best she could, and sent for the knight she held above all others in esteem and love. She led him into the bedchamber, where with an eager kiss he claimed her. And when the husband reached the house... She, who did not fear her spouse, didn't even deign to stir, but made her lover sit by her. And when the knight came in the room, afflicted by despair and gloom, the sight of a lover with his wife was not the high point of his life. <laughs> Boy, what a day, you know. <laughs> so I decided to kiss this guy's ass. Now I come home, this other guy's in bed with my wife. I got caught in the act. Acting like an idiot. Now she's caught in the act. <laughs> you know, called that one a draw. <laughs> and came home to this. And I love that she's just like, yeah, what? what uh -huh. come on in. What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm, no, no. Honey, you stay right here. Mm -hmm. Yes, my husband's home. Don't you move. Oh, don't you worry. He can't do shit to you. <laughs> Madam, he said, it's plain to me that you have done me Injury bringing a man to my abode. You'll pay for this, my girl. You've sowed and you shall reap. Shut up, you bore, she said, and don't say any more. Because one more insinuation against my name and reputation, and by the saints I'll file a claim against you for my injured fame. Go on, you cuckold. Go on. Be jealous. You'll file a claim? And who, pray tell us, will hear a claim that comes from you? Your fellow knight-at-arms is who? Who subjugated you today? I mean my lord, Sir Barangier, of the long ass, who will disgrace you once again. The husband's face turned fiery red with rage and shame. No more could he abuse her name. He felt checkmated. He felt ill. And from that day, she did her will. She was no common girl or fool. When the shepherd's weak, the wolf shits wool. <laughs> what a moral. <laughs> the end. The end. Yay. When the shepherd's weak, the wolf shits wool. Well, okay. mm -hmm. you know, 
you got to watch. You got to be a good shepherd there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's what's interesting about this Fablio, you know, compared to others. Uh As we kind of mentioned in the beginning, the women are usually not like the main character of the story or even a very well-respected character of the story. Yeah. But this one was very much a moral about like, you should not demean your wife. Right. And trust me, she'll find a way to role reversal that if she can. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, maybe he was just trying to be like, even if she can't, you should have to kiss some guy's ass for (laughs) kicking your wife in the face and acting like she's not a equal partner to you and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, And I wonder if it's because she's from nobility, like if he would have written it about another commoner. Oh, she might have been. Or if he was just like, oh, she's worth more because she's mm, had that. He does nice seem blood. to have that sort of classism about mm-hmm, him. Yes. Well, we're gonna talk. We gotta squeeze one more commercial break in, but oh, we'll yeah. talk more about it and uh, and a few other poems that mm-hmm. we'll we'll just kind of summarize for you all when we come back right after this. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment. Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion... We're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core What I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome back to the show, everybody. All right. So at this, the, the, really, this poem, I mean, the characters are I love so them. hilarious. I know. I mean, because she's great, obviously. Oh. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, maybe it's because she's noble and this author clearly thinks that noble people are better than common people. <laughs> right. Like, if you're poor and you marry into money, you're a big piece of shit. Okay. Like, you must be a gold digger, you know. And obviously, he's creating these characters who match that stereotype, but... Um, but she's great. She's like, I'm going to take care of business. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to dress up as a knight. And then uh, she called herself Branger of the long ass. So did he comment on it when he saw it? Well, um, when I read it, I thought he was just thinking to himself. Right. But a lot of the like uh, analysis of the poem, uh-huh. they they seem to act as if he says it out loud and that's why she calls right. herself Baranji at the long ass and it's like part of his humiliation that he can't recognize female genitals when <laughs> right, he sees exactly. them. Right, exactly. Like, it's not just the fact that he is like such a lame knight that he's uh-huh. never done anything. It's not just the fact that is he doesn't recognize his own wife when she's talking to him. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like he sees a vagina and he's like, what's that? <laughs> like, oh, what a long butt crack. They're just like, wow, this guy where, sucks. Where does he think this guy's dick is? On his <laughs> stomach? That's the, my other question. Is he's very he doesn't understand male or female anatomy. No, he's like, I guess his dick comes out of his belly button. I don't know. <laughs> this guy's crazy. This guy's <laughs> asshole goes all the way around. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe he just thought he had a really tall butt. Right. Like just a right. very tall butt. Station. Station. <laughs> all you like Ted fans out there. Yes. <laughs> just like station. He had station's butt. Yeah. Yeah, a Martian butt. Um Amazing. Who did this translation? Do we know? I don't know. I just saw it was an English translation that uh, the one I found was like it was linked in another place, but that link is now broken. So they were like, I'm just sharing it here for for posterity. Posteriors. Posteriority. (laughs) If you translated this, let us know and we'll we'll shout you on the episode or lie to us and tell us you did. And we'll say it anyway. We don't know. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) I I'm, I'm I am very fascinated by translations, especially yeah. of poems where you have to like take it from what it, it rhymed in one language, yeah, and it's a certain meter and rhythm in one language, and uh-huh. then you have to make it rhyme and have meter and everything in it the new language, right? Too. And match the context, and right? The, and have and all the, inti- the same and the intention and everything, yeah, right. That's tough. That must be. very I have hard. heard this might be a very biased thing that I heard, and this was in you know years ago in high school. Mm-hmm. A few years ago in high school. Yeah, um, <laughs> a couple years ago. Uh, that um, some uh, poets and scholars have said 
that probably they mean of Western European languages that English is the easiest one to rhyme in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, because I feel like French, everything sounds... Everything's Everything a. ends with the same <laughs> vowel sound, so... <laughs> It's but, true. Um, <laughs> that is true. But yeah, it is pretty fascinating. That that job is tough. I've read some translations and then you go back and look at the original. And you're like, oh, my God, how did they? How did you do this? Or how did this fit so well? Right. <laughs> right? That's like, you, oh, definitely. damn, this is a straight translation and it still rhymes. That guy must have been like, whew, mm-hmm. lucky me. This is the easiest job I ever had. <laughs> this is great. I just get to write about a really long asshole. <laughs> I do like uh, I did read once that like translation is like. There's a whole other layer to it that's uh-huh. very difficult, which is what people really mean yeah, by the sure. word they use. Right. And like that's all kind of cultural context. It's not really in a definition. It's very hard to teach. Yeah. It's one of those things you kind of have to grow up to know. Yeah. You know, so they talk about that being like, oh, you know, this person's translation of this is not quite as accurate as this person's translation right. because of da da da. Like there's so many. Things like that. For sure. So hopefully this is a good, considered a good translation of this poem. <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, it's great. The meter is solid. Mm-hmm. The rhymes are funny. Like, Yeah, it totally it, it, works. It's a really good one. I think my favorite was was not the high point of his life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I to, just thought it was such an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that he always called her lady. Lady. <laughs> Listen here, lady. I know that's not how they said it, but whatever. That's I know, all right? I heard was lady. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh, well, that is certainly just one of many, many Fablios out there. Or Fablio. Fablio. French plural. Others include titles such as The Turd. Oh. The Three Ladies Who Found a Prick. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a story. I mean, right? Do do you think they were like, oh, another one? Or like, (laughs) were they like, ooh? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Was it a good prick? I know. We haven't found the text of these, but just the titles. Uh, English translations of these ones that I could find, but I did wonder about that because I was like, maybe they were just a w- welcoming sexual orifice type one where they're just like, who gets it? Uh-huh. But, uh, it'd be funnier if they were like, oh. <laughs> uh, another one is called The Knight Who Made Cunts and Assholes Speak. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what did they say? Were they like, was he amazing? And they like no. couldn't stop singing about it, or <laughs> were they like, "Oh, get it out of me"? I know, right? No, we act well. We actually do have a summary, at least, of this oh, one. Thank God uh, of the story of the knight who made cunts and assholes speak. Um, unfortunately, again, can't share a translation of the actual verses. I wish, I wish. Uh huh. But we did. I did find from Susanna Greer Fine from the University of Rochester's Digital Library Project. She wrote about this this Fabio. It's about kind of like an adventuring knight. He's very handsome and worthy, but he's kind of down on his luck. He's got a very clever squire named Hewitt. Hewitt, sure. Great name for a squire. Totally. Hewitt Hewitt with me. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Fetch me my lance, Hewitt. (laughs) Well, and much like in many medieval tales, he's a very clever squire. Like without whom the knight would be like totally screwed. Sure, sure. So he's that kind of stock character, I guess you could say. It's very Arthurian. So the knight is low on resources. He's trying to make some money by going to different tournaments sure. and basically tournamenting for money. Yeah, cash prize. For money. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah. Like fight, you know, pay, pay-per-view. Yeah, UFC. <laughs> <Jets>. <laughs> yeah, it's like the MMA of their time. Yeah. And of co- Hewitt's, of course, like, great sounds great, but they're, like, really poor. They have to constantly stay in, like, religious houses and churches and right. stuff like that because they have no money. 
So one day they come across these three nymphs that are bathing mm-hmm. at like you do. Stream. Naked um, ladies. <laughs> and Hewitt, being so cunning and and courageous, decides to steal their clothes while they're bathing. Ah, uh, rude, Hewitt. <laughs> and so in order to get them back, these maidens who, surprise, are actually fairies. There you go. Don't fuck with Magical. fairies. Magical. I know. Please do not. Like, if you know anything about fae, fairy, like, mythology, yeah. do not fuck with the fairies. Like, they are not funny. Yes. So these fairies, they, they appeal to the knight, and they promise him three gifts in order for the return of their, their clothes. I know, which is funny, because, like, you stole them in the first place. Just give right. them back. But right. I guess I have to give you something now. Well... So the first gift is like romance, right? They say, you'll be welcomed, you'll be cherished by uh, wherever you're a guest, uh, there will be love for you, right? Yeah, people are into you. They're just going to be like, oh my God, the night's here. Oh, this guy. (laughs) He'll be the most popular kid at school. Look who it is. Yeah. Yeah, Every time you walk into a bar, Norm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We just dated ourselves, but whatever. (laughs) The second gift they offer adds this, like, sexual fantasy for him. All the women and girls that he meets are just going to drop trow and say, yes, <laughs> I want you, I need you, come hold mm, me. It's a little bit like of a magical non-consent. <laughs> right, like, yeah. we could get into this, this dicey territory yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Now, the third they offer him gets into this more body territory. Uh, Fablios often have like a surreal and fantastical element to them. And this is a very noteworthy gift. (laughs) They offer him the power to make culls and coons, or cunts and assholes is the translation (laughs) there, talk and always tell the truth. Oh, my God. So <laughs> he's like, oh. What a weird gift to be offered. <laughs> Sweet asshole, what will the weather be tomorrow? It's like, <laughs> sunny, <laughs> 65 degrees, <laughs> I guess. James Joyce would be like, yes. <laughs> True. I also make assholes talk. Uh, wow, what a gift. It's so I'd be weird like, to be like, oh. I'd be like, and excuse me, I'd be like, I'm, I'm good on that last one. <laughs> The first can you two make were great. The, the, can you make them just tell me the truth? Why do they have to talk out of their... Why do they have to Ace Ventura the truth to me? <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about them having to, like, make Right. Do they have to move, move their butt cheeks <laughs> to, like, just to spread them so they can talk? Like a little mouth comes out. Their little butthole's like... <laughs> it's like, okay, hang on. Let me just spread them here. Ah, much better. Yes. Uh, the lucky numbers this week are 6, 14, 35, 22, 17, and 9. Oh my god! <laughs> or is it like the vagina and big mouth? <laughs> oh right, <laughs> just yeah. Suddenly, like, well, hey, girl. <laughs> okay, so the story continues with the night. Oh, now there's ha- more. There's more. Oh, there's more because you want to hear. I'm sure what the cunts and assholes had to say. Sure. Yeah. Um. So he's got his three gifts and he moves on with his day. I guess I'm sure he gives the clothes back. Right. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't get the keep the gifts. So. Uh, he first encounters a chaplain riding a mare. Okay. Um, and Hewitt reminds the knight, you know, try out your gift on this chaplain. <laughs> See if you can get the truth out of this guy. <laughs> so while he's sitting there talking to him, he asks him, like, where, where are you going? And the chaplain lies. But okay. the mare's vagina oh. <laughs> answers. The horse vagina? <laughs> Which I did not immediately perceive that. It would be 
like interspecies vaginas well, you and know, assholes. I that, thought it was, I really went straight to people, but yeah, anything that, with an asshole he can talk to. It's that monkey's paw magic, you know, right. you don't know what you're getting exactly. That's so true. All I told you is that vaginas and assholes were going to talk to you. <laughs> I didn't say whose. I didn't say whose. So this horse vagina is selling out the chaplain? Because it has to tell the <laughs> truth. It can't not. It's not the mayor's fault. <laughs> but the horse is like, oh, actually... <laughs> Actually, this perv's going to the house of his mistress. Oh, no. We go there every night. <laughs> Once a week, he takes me here <laughs> or whatever. So he's like, oh, shit, what a chaplain. You're off to some lady's house. and So question, mm-hmm. could the chaplain hear it? Great. Does I think so. Does he make the horse, va- the vaginas talk, like make them talk or do you just hear them talk? I think they talk because wow. the, the, it's like it says it's a shameful destiny. It, he exposes the mayor exposes the shameful destination. And I think and there's a couple others after this. And I think they do hear what their own. That which chaplain. Would be so weird. The shock of that chaplain. Just like, oh, huh? my God. <gasps> what? Yeah. Do you think he was like, oh, yes, yeah, just off to church, you know, and the, the horse was like. <laughs> Uh, oh, Lie. nay, he's not. <laughs> nay. <laughs> it's like, shut up your horse's ass. <laughs> oh, it's not the ass. Oh. <laughs> so then the knight arrives at a castle. Of course, because of his first gift, he's enthusiastically welcome oh. to stay at the castle. Norm. Yeah, Norm, come on in here. <laughs> and he doesn't have to stay at religious houses anymore. He doesn't have to pay his way. Like, wow. this is a great gift for a broke ass That knight. one's good. Yeah. I would take that gift. And then, of course, he has the second gift. So a young lady visits him in his bed that night. Um, oh, okay. Because, of course, they said all the ladies would yeah. be ready for you. Yeah. And Susanna says, quote, But now, operating without Hewitt's aid, the knight ungallantly questions the girl's cunt. <laughs> <laughs> It reveals an unflattering truth about her, and she leaves him in horror and shame. Oh, no. What in the world what could her vagina it? have said? My goodness. I mean, it's the, like, what, 13th century, 14th yeah. century? So probably, like, sometimes she masturbates. Yeah, <laughs> or, or she, like, slept in this morning. You know well, that's, uh, I, I, I get, there's your monkey's paw curse, right? right. You, don't, you don't always want to hear the truth from someone's vagina. That's right. And again, <laughs> there you go. I think, he, I think they do hear it because she heard her own right. vagina say some shit. Just oh like, oh, God. no. Why did you sell me out? <laughs> we you thought bitch. we had a thing going. <laughs> I thought we were in this together. <laughs> and then the final adventure of this poem is when this girl tells the lady of the castle about how the knight made her vagina talk. Because, of course, I think you'd probably want to tell some folks about that and just be like, listen, this was a crazy shit that happened This to me is going to sound insane, <laughs> but I need you to go with me on this. Girl, she's like, girl, get over here. I need I need to tell you right now what right. just happened. And Did la- you know these things could talk? And the lady of the house is like, oh, yes, I've had mine sing before. <laughs> she's like, no, no. I mean, no, literally, no, no. words. Came out. Language. So the countess, I guess, believes this woman and she, this girl, and she's like, okay, let me test this power out. And so she goes and tries to cheat the knight by putting cotton up her vagina oh. so that it can't talk. You know, it'll be <laughs> muffled like you did. <laughs> and he tr- tries to question her vagina, and it doesn't, he can't hear. But fortunately, of course... Hewitt shows up and is like, don't forget, you can always ask her asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so, uh, yep, she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> my butt's telling him everything. I didn't stuff anything up my butt. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Plum forgot. I, I thought Plum forgot. Uh. And Susanna concludes, quote, in the end, the two adventurers earn their honors, Knight of the Cunt, Hewitt of Little Asshole, in a line that could double as the title for the Fablio. <laughs> What an insane story. They don't write them like this anymore. They don't write them like they used to. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I just, I just, the idea of all these women suddenly be overcome with horniness for this stranger. Right. A. And A, first of all. <laughs> and then B, being like, oh, my God. <laughs> my own body parts are, like, <laughs> telling him all my business. Wow. What that... have I done to deserve this? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine if the knight had met the Berangier. Oh. Of the he long ass. Gotten, he would have gotten two conversations, and then he would have known these he are two known. separate things. <laughs> He's like, this ain't, this ain't no man. <laughs> I can't believe it. So anyone who thought that poetry <laughs> yeah or medieval times were at all stoic <laughs> right or or uh, uh repressed right or held in in any way guess what no <laughs> that wasn't so till the puritans right <laughs> exactly <laughs> we got the sexually oppressed victorians we got the puritans that's I mean, when they probably stopped making funny poems I yeah guess. and we see time and again on this show in other history mm -hmm. learnings that we've all been through in recent years was really start to dig in to uh older history pre-puritanical stuff mm -hmm. uh everybody loves dicks and farts yeah. <laughs> and vaginas <Fuck> like <laughs> jokes everybody loves jokes it's so true yeah. i i think this is i really wish because i i took I was a minor in creative writing yeah. in college, and so I took several like poetry courses and a couple of Old English, Middle English like classes and yeah. stuff like that. And why did they not lead with this? No, like, why exactly. do you not tell me like how funny and stupid people have been all through life? You uh -huh. know, that makes it so much more fascinating to learn about history when you're really thinking about people being just dumb, big, stupid people like, yeah. <laughs> like we are today. You know what I mean? But it, because I think we still so heavily repress that. Right. Like we still think, oh, that's PG-13. Oh, that's not acceptable True. for work. That's NSFW. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that shouldn't be allowed into society. You keep that to yourself. <laughs> I don't want to hear that out loud. Mm -hmm. you know, and why? I know. I don't know why. Because yeah. you might blush a little. Like, it's okay. Obviously, you know, don't t tell me about a talking asshole while I'm having dinner, you know, mm. wait till we're done. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, I, I got a very strong <laughs> imagination that I can't always shut down. So sometimes it goes right to my plate and I and <laughs> I can't like, eat nah, anymore. I can't eat this. And it's very frustrating. But <laughs> this dumpling looks too much like a butthole for me. It's the only good thing I ever <laughs> heard Adam Carolla say went back way back when Loveline was on. Mm, him and Dr. Drew and somebody called in and talked about some discharge or something and Dr. Drew like made a reference to some food and Adam Carolla stopped him and he said when you make it a food then I have to eat it mm. so don't compare gross things to foods and that's my stance okay all right. I can't all handle right. it but outside of that these jokes are great oh, this, this is, hilarious. is a hilarious story um, I would have been like 
if Garan had walked into my house or into a party I was throwing, I would have been like, hell yes, we are about to <laughs> yes. have a good time. Right? <laughs> Spin us a yarn, Garan. Yeah, Garan, go stand by the fire. Everyone look. <laughs> Well, this is good stuff. I hope yeah. y'all thought it was funny, too. I know. I, very, I really enjoyed reading this poem uh, during our research for the sex toys. Uh-huh. I was just giggling the whole way through. And I'm so I'm super glad to get a chance to share it with you guys. Yeah. And do kind of a fun reading of it. Absolutely. <laughs> with you, babe. And just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of enjoy these, like... Uh, literary traditions yeah, exactly. that we're really not as buttoned up as we like to pretend poets are, right. first of all, and that people from history were, yeah. secondly. Yep. So no, people want to be entertained. They want to laugh. They want to hear something a little naughty, a little frisky, made them blush a little bit, just uh-huh. like we do today. Yep. You know, it's all the same. So Just like you're listening here today. Yes, so, you wanted to hear some uh, jokes about <laughs> cunts and assholes. So <laughs> if you laughed, if you blushed a little, mm-hmm. if you were completely offended, right. please uh, let us know. We want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, give us, uh, send us... Send us your poems. You know, we'd <laughs> Please, love to hear oh them. Oh my god! Uh, if we had a, if we had a listener mail like limerick corner, oh or something, man, I body would be poems, so happy. Yeah, send them in. We'll read. Send we'll read the short ones. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, please reach out. Uh, you can always email us. In fact, right now, uh, maybe temporarily, uh, maybe forever, uh, <laughs> email us at ridicromance at gmail.com. Yes, Our please. usual email is a little hung up. We're trying to work that out. Technical uh, issue. So, so shoot us an email at ridicromance at gmail.com. Right, or we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dianamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. We cannot wait to hear from you, uh, and we can't wait to be back next week. Uh, a little more to our traditional format, mm-hmm. um, but this has been a lot of fun, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, love you guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. So long, friends, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and dance to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, 
we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.